and welcome to the sixth edition of the Traveling Two Radio Show. I'm Friedel. And I'm Andrew. We're coming to you from Tangiers, Morocco this time. This is our very last day in Morocco before we take the boat back to Spain. And before we go, we thought that we should give you a few of our thoughts on this wonderful country. Uh, the first thing I think we want to talk about is Tangiers itself, because before we came here, we really had the impression from all the guidebooks and reading online that this is actually quite a dirty city, that there was a lot of crime, that there was a lot of hassle, and we weren't expecting great things. In fact, we were a little bit apprehensive. And by the, uh, on the contrary, I mean, it's, it's almost a bit European here. Uh, very, very clean, um, very little hassle, very, very few people, you know, you know, coming up to you and asking for money. Um, and you really can find just about anything here. Yeah, we've been pleasantly surprised to discover display cases full of cheese because for two months we've seen nothing but over-processed, horrible cheese and so there's now cases full of brie and edam and everything you could ever want. Really, the city seems to be undergoing some sort of a revival at the moment because they're doing a lot of construction in the streets and now where there used to be very plain, ordinary squares or even dirty areas, there are now fountains and little gardens. And actually, I have to say, I'm quite enjoying Tangiers as a place yeah, to come. It's quite an enjoyable little town. Um, there's, I mean, I don't know if it's touristy, touristy. I mean, you can come to the beach and, and walk around the old Medina, just like any other town uh, along the coast. That's quite enjoyable. Yeah, so maybe uh, a different take on Tangiers, because as we said, almost everything we heard before we got here was bad or negative about it. And in fact, we're finding it that's really not the case. And the advice that you hear sometimes to not to come directly to Tangiers as a port of entry, but instead to go to one of the Spanish enclaves is maybe a bit dated as well. We're not really sure that there's enough hassle to warrant making such a big detour if you weren't going to go that way anyway. Yeah, plus also they will be m moving this port of Tangiers down the coast a little bit to another new port they're building, so I imagine it will be even less hassle there. Yeah, that's in the future plans apparently from what we're hearing. Well. Before we um, leave Morocco, we thought it might be a good idea to give you an idea of some of the favorite things that we've seen in this country. So, Andrew, do you want to start us off? What was one of your main highlights from the trip? Uh, I think one of the main highlights was uh, the journey that we had from Tata up to Irem. Uh, there's a road that basically runs between those two, two towns that goes to Tagmud. I can't remember the real full, the full name of the it's town. It's quite a long name. It's Supata de Tagmud. Yeah. There is another tag moot on another road, so just, just to avoid that. Um, but the road that we did take, uh, it was absolutely gorgeous. A little bit difficult at the other end uh, as you get into Ikham, but um, definitely going through Tagmut, um, it's just a little oasis town, a few little, few little places, and you can just walk am among the trees. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely lush at this time of year in the spring. It was green everywhere, wasn't it? Um, the almond trees were blooming, and Really, it was picture postcard stuff. Yeah, and we walked up to the top of one of the, the hills and looked down on the oasis. It was just, just great. And then from there, we had quite a steep climb out. Yeah, we had quite a big bit of a, a mountain journey out, out the other side of it. Um, they're redoing the road, and obviously we had, we had an adventure going up. But even, even counting for that, I think even the mountain part of the journey was quite beautiful and worth doing. Just make sure that you take your time and yeah, don't stress too don't much over it. <laughs> don't worry too much if you don't get down that road too, f too quickly. Um, for me, I, I really enjoyed the coastal area. Uh, that was a real surprise for me because before we'd only ever been to the desert. And I think we had quite a narrow view of Morocco that it was only palm trees and sand dunes and camels. 
But once we got through Agadir, which I didn't like as a city, we came into a coastal area where you had some really magnificent areas of just ragged cliffs and waves, huge waves. I've never seen waves so big in my life. And long stretches where you really barely saw anyone. You were really out there on your own. And the water was so blue and fantastic. And then in between that, you'd have you know 60 or 80 kilometers where you really have very rural areas. You'd have towns like Suira, which, although it's very touristy, I, I can definitely see why, because it's a beautiful little fishing port with all the white buildings and really has a lot of character, something different from anything definitely, else. Definitely a lot, lot different from the rest of Morocco that we've seen um, and a couple other adventures here. But, uh, yeah, completely different side of the country, basically. Yeah, I would definitely recommend, particularly between Agadir and Safi. I think that was really the highlight of the coast for me. After Safi, it got a little more populated, and really the scenery wasn't quite as pretty. But in between those two points, if you do some cycling there over a couple days, I think you'll be pretty impressed. The other thing we wanted to do before we run off is just to give you a few tips if you're coming to Morocco, because it is a great place to come to. So, Andrew, do you want to start with your top tip? My top tip is basically to... Have fun with the kids. Uh, you hear a lot of stories, and we've had encounters a lot of a lot of kids coming up and asking for various things, from from pens to papers to whatever else, money, money, money. What we've ended up doing is just uh, joking around with them and um, conversing back with them, uh, and and that basically diffuses the situation. They they get more entertainment from uh, joking around with you than uh, than than they would have ever from that pen or piece of paper that they wanted. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, just a wave and a smile even as you're cycling by goes an awful long way to just building relations with the local people. So try not to scowl too much and uh, don't get your knickers in a twist over it because really if you start laughing with the kids then you start to have fun and then it's just not an issue anymore. And as far as the stone throwing goes, because we'd heard reports of that again before coming to Morocco, we really only had one or two experiences in the two months here it really wasn't an issue yeah for us and, those, at all. and those kids were so far away from us they didn't they couldn't actually interact with us so yeah uh, one time that we did we could see it actually about to occur well, we did tell them to come towards us and then there was no problem they had interacted with us and never threw anything at us at that point yeah my top tip is that when you're cycling around you may be looking for things like for example we've been stuck a couple times looking for gas for our stove or also trying to find water in wells and we don't see anything immediately on the side of the road or anything obvious and it, it's very simple but just ask because even in a little town where you look around you think gosh there's absolutely nothing here what am I going to do now <laughs> usually there's some guy down a back alley who is selling maybe gas from a five liter water bottle um, but you just have to ask around and let people know that you need something and usually they're very very helpful and friendly and obliging just as an example of that, the other day we were looking for a computer cable. Oh yes, we were looking for a computer cable. We were going to hook up to a network. Uh, we asked we asked a few people down down one of these roads, and they basically said, "Oh no, we don't have them." Or eventually, we found somebody, and he called somebody up in a store and brought one to us. And it yeah, the next thing we knew, this cable had arrived on a motor scooter, and he just gave it to us. And I said, "No, no." have some money for this please and he said no no you're my guest in Morocco and I want to help you out and here's this computer cable absolutely free he wouldn't take any money for it and, and in fact had it shipped halfway across Tangiers just to give it to us so 
By, by and large, the Moroccan uh, people are obliging and will we'll, we'll bend over backwards for you. So those are our tips on Morocco. And now we're going to share an interview with you that we did with two Germans who we met on the side of the road in between Tafroot and Tiznit. Yeah, they're 24-hour relay um, cyclists that are on a team in, from Germany, and uh, they were just absolutely nuts. Just to be clear, they weren't doing 24-hour races here in Morocco. They were actually in Morocco for a bit of training, so they covered some pretty hilly terrain. But that was what they specialized in back in Germany. So here's the interview with Wolfgang and Gregor. Well, I'm Gregor. That's Wolfgang. And we're from Freiburg in Germany. That's in the very southwest, close to France and Switzerland. And we've been touring Morocco from Agadir to uh, Marrakesh, uh, crossing the Tisentest, and then from Marrakesh uh, back to, well, the direction of Ouazazat, crossing another, the highest uh, uh, peak, uh, actually, in the Atlas Mountains, where Wolfgang had a tremendous crash. <laughs> Not too much damage done, though. No, it's it's quite okay now. I think yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We it's, it's it's all quite mountainous here, and um, yeah, we had some some hot spells in in the Tafroat Mountains last few days, and we still quite enjoy, enjoyed it. I think. What so. made you decide to come to Morocco in the first place? Oh. I think the mountains, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, we You're sort of a kind sucker of for punishment, are you? Yeah, you like no, we, we are. We are mountain bikers, so uh, we kind of looked at a map and said, "Well, the Atlas Mountains it looks like the Alps, so let's just go there." And yeah, it's, it's a bit warmer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit more sunny. And of course, we heard that that Morocco was the, the only um, um, kind of Arab country where you can travel without any problems. You know, as a as a Western person. And has that turned out to be true, more or less? Have you had a pretty good experience? Yeah, or? more or less. I think we've been welcomed everywhere we went. Yeah. Our money has been welcomed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us about, mm. is I think this is something that whether people are on bicycles or mm. any kind of tourist coming to Morocco the first time, you always end up bringing home things that you yeah, never yeah. thought you would be bringing home. So tell us about some of the experiences and some of the things that you've bought along the way. Well, I think it's actually a, a cultural problem that people here, um, they the traders they they trade with all their heart, you know. They 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 love trading. They 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 live trading. And, and in Germany, we're we're not used to that. We go to a shop and we we just buy what what is what's offered or we don't. And and here, some person kind of feels offended if you don't buy anything from him. And um, yeah, so we start <laughs> we started buying some some Berber artifacts. Uh, Right on a, on a second day at Tisentest Pass uh, at a hotel, and it was very nice the person, and, and we we kind of enjoyed the the deal, and it, it took two hours to 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 to, to buy all this other stuff. And uh, how many cups of tea? Oh, we actually didn't have any tea, but was no, tea, <laughs> we had some tea before, but there was a nice <laughs> roaring fire, and this was a kind of a Berber nomad who told us about of, of his travels with donkeys and. It was a nice experience, but afterwards we kind of uh, we were quite sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you spent too much money. Yeah, you yeah, absolutely, on, on some some very nice uh, stuff. And <laughs> it is it is very nice, and you would probably buy pay more for it in, in in Germany in an in an antique shop or so. But but well, um, we don't really need it. We don't have any wives to give uh, this, <laughs> this silver jewelry and, and stuff. So uh, well, Christmas presents are taken mm, care of anyway. Probably, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and tell us a little bit about what you're carrying on your bikes. You haven't got any front panniers. No. What, what, what's the reason behind that? 
<laughs> we, we left them at home. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if, uh, this is by f- of a friend of mine, and he, he had some at, at, at his home, and uh, we just forgot to, to pass by and pick them up. So, In an ideal world, would you, if you were doing it again, do you think you would put on front and back, yeah. or would you continue sure. to... We both would, yeah. Just to 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 well to ease the load on on the rear rear wheel and to distribute the weight more evenly and and well, just to give you a bit more room to, to to juggle around your stuff, you know. You don't have to fill your bags like this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're it's pretty really packed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> and you've even got a suitcase on. Yeah, yeah. It's kind it of it's it's, it's yeah. it belongs there, you know, but but it's it's ripped open on on every side because it's well too full anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And so back to the, the tour that you've done around Morocco, if you think back to what was your real highlight or a beautiful place or a nice experience that you had? Maybe sleeping on the high plains of... Uh, some, some, some high plains and sleeping outside or something, yeah. Stars <laughs> and the silence and the very... It wasn't all silent, you know. Uh, at, at, I think at nine o'clock in the, uh, in the evening, some 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 shepherd came by and <laughs> looked at us very critically, <laughs> and I just said, "We are Germans," <laughs> and then he so he kind of said, um, "D'accord," and and moved this whole herd of two hundred sheep around us. <laughs> it was very well <laughs> funny, but but it was nice, wasn't it? That's one of the things you find everywhere in Morocco. You think you're alone. Oh, you yeah. found the perfect yeah. hiding spot, and then someone pops up. Yeah. Last night we had national security come to check us out in really? the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Ooh. Came over with his ID card. Can I have your passport number, please? No problem. Oops. Yeah. But sure, just yeah. you know, hello. Oh. Here we are. We know you're here. You know. <laughs> it was all very friendly. And would you recommend Morocco to to other people out there? Sure. Have you got any other tours planned after you get home and recover from this one? <laughs> no, not yet. No, no, no. We have to, our racing start. Uh, racing season starts in, in in a few weeks, and so we have to get fit for that. Okay. Yeah. Explain a little bit about that. You said you do lots of twenty-four hour races. Yeah, we're in the the supernova. Uh, now it's it's called supernova. Um, uh, what's our co-sponsor? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, supernova Orbea Racing Team. Um, well, Supernova produces uh, the brightest uh, bike lights, bike lights on Earth, and so we kind of promote that in the during the races. And, and yeah, we're we're part of that team, and I work for Supernova. And yeah, we were also testing some some uh, bicycle lights here on on this trip with um, yeah new LED tele- technology and trying to see how it can stand the, the desert and all that and, <laughs> and what's what's your verdict it's a bit too bright actually at night uh, the the drivers seem to be a bit annoyed at the light and yeah <laughs> so at yeah. least you know they've seen you though yeah yeah they did yeah <laughs> <laughs> great well thank you very much mm. and have a good trip well we hope you enjoyed that interview with wolfgang and gregor and of course we wish them all the best as they do their 24-hour races in germany which we find absolutely mad there aren't too many things we find mad considering we've decided to take on this trip around the world but i think that's definitely one of them <laughs> we'll have to keep in touch and try and see how they do yeah maybe we'll join in what do you think Andy? yeah i don't think so no. <laughs> well a long time ago in one of our shows we said that we were considering a section called beer and gear where we opened up a beer and also reviewed a piece of kit that we were carrying around with us. I think we were on a on the top of a mountain and there was no beer. That was right and and so after several shows and several months which is actually quite sad when you think about it we finally find ourselves in possession of two beers in Morocco. 
So, this is the debut of the beer and gear section. So, Andrew, what have we got in front of us? We've got uh, Bière de Prestige, a prestigious beer, special, special, flag. This is a beer from uh, Tangier, so it's a, a local beer to this area. And it's in uh, small little stubby bottles. So th- a little throwback to uh, the old days. <laughs> it has to be said it's not that easy to actually find beer unless you really know where to look. But we did manage to find some, despite the fact that it's a Friday here and almost everything is closed. We found a man who was very happy to see us and sell us these two bottles of beer for 15 dirhams for the two of them. So you can hear the jingle of our keys as we use the bottle opener to crack them open. Now, my first impression of this beer is that um, it smells a bit musty. Um, Does that mean it was in the display case too long <laughs> at the store? Because the store we were in didn't look so uh, <laughs> so well used, shall we say. It reminds me of Heineken just by the, the smell of it right away. It looks like just your basic lager to me. It's a golden color. It's got a little bit of a head on it, but not a huge one. Yeah, that's um, quite, a, quite a nice golden color to that. So let's have a taste. Let's see how it goes. (laughs) We've both got slightly sour looks on our faces as we take a drink. What do you think, Andrew? Needs a bit more body, I think. There's nothing, it's, there's uh, not much behind that. It's It's a very basic logger, isn't it? Hmm. Although you could see on a very hot day in Morocco. Yep. He served it in frosted glasses, nice and cold. Might not be too bad. Might not be too bad, no. Um, but it's um, it's just a very simple beer. I mean, the head's almost flattened out by now. Uh, it's just an easy drinking be- beer, I guess, uh, for a nice warm day. <laughs> not the best we've had, but then again, after two months on detox, we're uh, we're pretty happy to see any beer in any form, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, being in a Muslim country, we just haven't seen any at all. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a little enforced detox wasn't a bad thing. So there you go. Flag special. Not the best beer we've had in the world, but... But considering we're in Morocco, it's probably the only beer we'll have. Right, so we'll uh, give it, what, three stars out of five, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe two. Two stars out of five, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, that's the beer over with. I mean, we haven't had the whole glass in 30 seconds. We've still got some in front of us, so we'll continue to sip on it while we tell you about the gear section. And today we want to talk about our Thermarest mattresses, which we've more or less been sleeping on non-stop for the past six or seven months. Yeah, basically we've had them the whole time. Um, we've developed a problem with one of them. We have, yeah. And the problem is one that we saw written up on quite a few internet boards before we bought them, and that's the problem of them delaminating. If you don't know the Thermarest mattresses, they're very, very thin, uh, maybe an inch thick, if that. And... They have little pockets in them that hold the air. But apparently, if you overinflate them, or maybe just through use and wear... Um, some, of the, some of these pockets start to uh, separate, and therefore, instead of it staying at an inch high, suddenly the po- uh, a little bubble will start to appear. Right, so we had that happen to us um, a few weeks ago when we were in Taproot, and now we have a rather large bubble in our Thermarest mattress, which we've now renamed Lumpy. Yes, Lumpy is uh, being alternated nightly between each of us. Yes, <laughs> we've uh, been swapping back and forth in order to avoid any marital tension in the tent. Thankfully, Lumpy has developed his little hernia in the more or less in the head section of the mattress, so we, you can kind of pretend it's a pillow, but it to be quite isn't. honest, it's still not very comfortable. So, 
that was the bad side of it. You know, of course, we're disappointed any time gear fails. However, the good side of it is that Thermarest has a lifetime warranty on their products, so we decided to put it to the test. Yeah. Made even more difficult by the fact that we're on the road and their returns procedure involves sending in the mattress along with a phone Money number and a return and address and all sorts of <coughs> things. So we sent them an email and we had a very positive response. Yeah, we got one back. We got an email back very quickly. I was just surprised and said basically that they'd send send a mattress to us anywhere. Uh, just give them an address or else. Um, contact one or two of their um, local distributors. Um, in, uh, in this case, they're in Madrid and Lisbon. But unfortunately, we're not really going to be passing through those areas. So it's not going to be feasible for us. Yeah, so talking to this woman in Ireland, she says that she will send us a new Thermarest mattress to any address we choose, which is just fantastic for us. And we're actually really impressed with the customer service and how quickly they were able to resolve our problem, even though we were slightly difficult cases, because normally... Yeah, it's a, it's a, the return procedure is a bit difficult for us because, you know, we've, you've got to send the mattress away and then we, we're out without a mattress for a period of time. What do we do? We can't really be out without a mattress. So it just doesn't really work for us as we're on the road. Yes, yeah, so we were very pleased with Thermarest and their very quick and positive customer service. And happily, we haven't had any problems at all with the second mattress. So fingers crossed that it was just a one-off incident and that it won't happen when we get our replacement. Even taking into account the fact that one of the mattresses hasn't done so well for us, I think I would still buy Thermarest again because we really have felt that they've insulated us from the cold and they don't take up any space at all. They're really light. And they're quite comfortable. I'm feeling really quite comfortable. Well, that's just about it for this show. All that's left for us to do is take the boat to Spain tomorrow. Yeah, so off we go <laughs> across the eight, mi eight kilometers. We can actually see Spain from this side. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very long journey, although they do sort of fleece you on the price of the tickets. We were a bit surprised. It's 300 dirhams per person, and it's 260 dirhams for the bike. That's on the fast catamaran to Tarifa. So a little bit more expensive than we'd expected. I guess we were spoiled when we came in through the Spanish enclave because the prices there were apparently subsidized, being in theory a Spain-to-Spain -Spain journey instead of a Spain-to-an-international country journey. But there you are. Soon we'll be back in Europe, and we'll be off towards Faro. We'll be enjoying the nice coast, coast of Spain and Portugal then. And after that, it's back up, almost cutting a diagonal line right across Spain maybe just a little bit north of Madrid, uh, hoping to enter France somewhere around Biarritz, and then over towards Italy for the end of June. And that's really as much as we've planned right now. Yeah, well, as far as we've gone at the moment, uh, but, but we've really enjoyed Morocco. Yeah, Morocco's been a fantastic experience, and if you have any questions about it, then definitely drop us an email, and we'd be really happy to help you plan any tours or help in any way we can. That's it for now. Who knows when we'll see you, maybe on the road.